Hello there and a very warm welcome to Racing Only Better, living proof that third reserves too get a run. I'm uh, your host <laughs> today, Barry Orr. Vanessa's in uh, detoxing up in Utoxiner, and uh, Megan Nichols is otherwise uh, otherwise disposed today. So it's just me, lads. I just have to start very quickly. TC, top bombing this weekend. You're winning nap Aberama Gold. You didn't nap the horse as well in the Twitter space that you did with Chris. That was great. Um, you napped a horse up in York that won. So kudos there. And Kevin, you even tipped the winner. Hook him. You and TC both went for Hookham and you napped Hookham, Kevin, didn't you? You sound surprised. Jesus Christ, Barry. Come on. Even Dan got in on the act yesterday. <laughs> tipped a couple of winners. And That's the most shocking. Went very close. So, uh, yeah, it ran really well. It was one of those where socials gave me the credit for tipping another winner, I noticed. And then it was obviously someone spotted and went, actually, you didn't tip that. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, like that. It was, it was one good. of those weekends. If you've got an mo that if they drift, just have more on. You must have hit the jackpot because Paradise was, was astonishing drift, like yeah. seven to one. A bet for SB of more than twenties. Obviously, hook them. It was thinly veiled TC. You did hit the and, jackpot. Uh, and your soul seeker, your soul seeker was tens, and that was an SP of twenty five to one, and a bet for SP of above thirty. Mm. Yeah, regular, regular listens. Hopefully, backed a couple of winners yesterday. But obviously, we're going to concentrate on Goodwood. Uh, this is looking at the first day of Glorious Goodwood Festival on Tuesday. Uh, and we'll also take in what uh, listeners of a certain vintage still refer to as the cheap BT, but it's the Connacht Handicap now for um, amateur riders in Galway. We'll tackle that at the end of the card. We're going to kick off, though, TC. We have to start with you. The first race uh, that ITV are showing, the 250. It's the mild two fern on Carl Chesterfield Cup. Lord Protectors, a five to one chance at the moment. Haunted Dreams, six. With Millbush is six as well. Keys Coyster is an eight to one chance. Eagles weigh the same price. Nine Pride of America. Whole host of horses in there. Five places to each way punters on the sports book here. And don't forget the offer every day to Goodwood Festival. Bet five pounds on horse racing multiples and get a free five pound bet on horse racing multiples. Opt in for that. You have to opt in. Don't forget to do that. So uh, TC kicking off here. Five places on the sports book. It's five to field. Very difficult race. Uh, has been some money for outbreak. Uh, the Johnsons trained this winner last. Uh, trained the winner of this race last year. He's twelve from sixteen, but it's it's quite a quiet market at the moment. Yeah, um, just start off with the pace. I expect Caius Corister will go forward from six. Uh, if Pride America doesn't go over from fourteen, uh, so those are the two likely pace angles. Um, I like a horse drawn in ten. That's Milbosk. Is six to one. Um, six to one with a sports book there with the five places. I'll be inclined to back it win only because. Might hit a bit of trouble, but um, yeah, I mean, obviously, he's got a lot of back class third in the French Derby in 2021 and running off a mark of 97. They really fancied it at York in the John Smiths, but it was drawn 20, still last turning in. It did remarkably well to get um, to finish just under a six length seventh. Uh, when you know, a lot of the horses that that fought out the finish actually were prominent all the way, so um, I think there'll be. Missed opportunity there. They'll be looking to, re, uh, you know, recompense here. So, yeah, I thought Millboss was, I think you had to be on your shortlist at six to one. The other one I've played, the Sportsbook are currently top price about 14 to one, Mokta Saab. Um, obviously, good course form. It's a win and third in this race last year. Hasn't been in any kind of form recently. But the angle here is it's worn a, a visor on the last two starts. They've tried it in a visor and it clearly hasn't worked and they take it off here. And when you consider the horse has been dropped four pounds for those visored runs, 
he comes here a very well handicapped horse. So I thought Milboska sixes and uh, Moktasaba fourteens. Uh, they're my two win only against the field, even though the sportsbook are playing a generous five places. Cool. Okay, um, I've noted them, Milbusk and Muktisab. Just Tony, I should have said remiss me not to ask you about the going. What way? What What are we looking at for the opening day? Um, right, the going. If you asked me two days ago, I'd say this would be nearly heavy, but the forecast has really improved, uh, and it, it's good to soft, good in places. Uh, but there is rain only two mil on Sunday. We're calling this on Sunday afternoon, Monday and Tuesday. The real rain comes on Wednesday mornings. About 20 mil is due on Wednesday for the Sussex stake. So I'm working on the basis of good to soft, stroke soft, maybe more on the soft side. Okay, cool. Kev, uh, I'll come to you next. Have you a, a strong opinion here or a betting opinion at the least? Yeah, I like Soto Sizzler. Um, Gary Moore, I put him up, nearly sure I put him up a good one last year when it was a bit disappointing. He's got, um, he's got a very good record around kind of quirky tracks. Um, Epson in particular, but he's won around Goodwood as well in the past. And um, look, he spent much of his recent career with David Minoussier, um, switched to Gary Moore, uh, first run, wouldn't worry too much about that. And he shaped quite well on a second run back at his favourite Epsom, um, back in the springtime um, race, just went against him basically, um, dominated by those that set the pace. He came from a long way back, finished third. Um, it was a lovely run on ground that was probably softer than ideal. Um, I'm hoping the showers stay away. I think a little ease in the ground is fine. Wouldn't want it much softer than that. And uh, would you like some numbers in your life, Barry Orr? Go for it. Love a good one. One, two, five. The four, the, the four times Ryan Moore has uh, ridden this horse. Um, and he gets on board for his dad um, for the first time. So, um, look, I think he's interesting. I think the pace... Um, looks like it's going to be solid. We've got two real good candidates to go forward and a couple of others to chase up. So I'm hoping between them, they go at least an even and hopefully a better pace than that, uh, which will suit Soto Sizzler. A um, little bit of a kind of a funny mid, mid-season mid absence is a slight concern, but he's come back from a from a similarly funny length of an absence before to win, um, namely at Newmarket um, a couple of years ago. So I'm hoping that whatever kept him off the track wasn't too major. And I'm sure that his connections had an eye on this meeting. And um, look, he's well handicapped. He's down to 99. He won off um, He won off this very mark um, last year. So, yeah, sounds so like, sister will do for me. It sounds like you were looking over TC's shoulder when he was writing this column with Ryan Moore, because that's exactly what Ryan Moore said. No more. He wouldn't want much rain, this horse. Um, and also, I don't like TC. He didn't know where he'd been, where why he'd been. Oh, I, I did. I did. But I just got hold of Ryan in France just before he started riding there uh, this afternoon. So he quickly did that. I, I asked him why he hasn't been seen since mid-April, uh, and he didn't know. But okay. no. Okay. But you know, the horse has won at the meeting before. He just wants the ground. He wants on the just basically no rain from here on in. Yeah, and, and 99 looks a fair mark. Ryan makes that comment, which you can read exclusively his thoughts on betting up effort throughout Glorious Goodwood. Dan, what way are you sizing up this? Well, we often talk about some of one of the skills being trying to preempt what the SP will be when that is on which we are judged. And I don't think Lord Protector will be as short as five to one. I'm loath to say you back a horse um, at SP five places completely confident that you're going to get sevens on the off, but there is sevens around 
I can see him drifting a little bit, but I had thought he had a perfect setup this horse for an each way thieving bet with the five places because Stoll Five's a, a smart one. You've got the pace that Tony mentioned, Pride America. He'll have to work really hard to get across. The pace on his inside, still slightly wider than him. So he could get the perfect sitting five. And that was my concern with a couple of the other obvious ones, thinking of the likes of the gambled on horse who's who's likely to try and come from the back. Okay. All right. So Lord Protector for uh, Dan. We've got Soto Sizzler for Kev and Milbosh and Muktasab for TC. On to the 325, the second race we're going to talk about. It's the vintage stakes for the two-year-olds over seven furlongs. Iberian, the Goodwood novice winner, was two to one favourites. Five to two each of two now. Him and Hatta. Mountain Bear is eleven to two. It's seven Thunder Blue, eight Golden Mind, and twelve Bar. Hatta's an interesting one. Uh, Kevin, I'll come to you first here. Obviously, that's the first time we're going to get this test. The City of Troy superlative form. Um, he was six and a half lengths off City of Troy in the, on the July course, but um, he's five to two joint favourite at the moment with Iberian. Yeah, we've lots of interesting form lines coming together, Bar, and that's one of them. Um, now, will I be a little bit disappointed if a horse that City of Troy can kick out of the way by six and a half lengths can come and win a vintage stakes? I will be a little bit, to be honest. Um, I thought he was put in short enough now, had him, and I found myself veering veering away from him. In general, I'm going, I'm finding finding myself want to favour um, those with a bit of experience here. Um, look, we all know Goodwood's a bit of a tricky track and and there's a few of these being set a tough task, um, namely Iberian, who anyone that pays attention um, will know that that I gave him a good mention prior to the um, prior to the superlative. He didn't line up. He was a non-runner that day. Um, and uh, to be honest, he was a much bigger price that day than he is here. And I'm surprised he's put in as short as he is. Um, really liked his debut. Um, visually, I thought he looked a real nice horse in the making. Um, form has taken a bit of a kicking since, uh, a fair kicking. And I thought he showed plenty of signs of kind of rawness that day as well. So just being thrown into um, a group two um, down Goodwood, um, it, it, it seems a tough ask to me. And look, he may well be good enough to go and do it. But, um, you know, price will dictate. And he, I just thought he was short enough. Um, all things considered. So I ended up with a horse with a magnificent name, Bar, um, Golden Mind um, for Richard Fahey. Um, I thought he was really interesting. A um, little bit of a slow burner, you know, beat Hamilton first time when sent off nine to one, you know, fell in a little bit at Leicester next time. Um, went to the Chesham and look, the Chesham form is, is, I think there was a few nice horses in there, but there was plenty of scrap in there as well, in relative terms. Um, you know, they didn't go over quick and they're all in a bit of a heap. Um, Pearls and Rubies has done her little bit for it, um, running well in a, in a group three at the car the other day. But um, I don't know how well that form is going to stand up. But Golden Mind, I thought, shaped better than the bare result. Um, it was all going swimmingly for Oshinor, was positioned probably what proved to be the right part of the track. Um, you know, handy following the leaders. It was all going nicely until Wayne Lorden, the devil, appeared up on the outside on content for Aidan O'Brien and um, absolutely done him up like a kipper, stuck him in a pocket and um, didn't really see open country until just outside the furlong pole. And he's followed the eventual winner, Snellen, through. He's finished off well. Snellen has carried him off to the left a little bit as well. 
Um, and look, he's he's never nearer. He's hit he's hit the line well, beaten three quarters of a length. Um, that represented a real nice step forward. Um, I think he's going to improve again and hopefully put that experience to good use here. Um, and yeah, I thought it kind of um, not sure what price is there. I don't have it in front of me. He's around the eight to one mark. I yeah. thought that was I thought that around that neck of the woods now was very reasonable. Um, with some of those at the front end looking a bit shorter than they should be to me. Okay, eight to one with Frankie Dettori in the play. TC, have you got a betting opinion here, two-year-olds? Uh, I think the sports book are right to duck Hartum. Um, you'll get bigger than five to two. Um, but yeah, Hartum's got everything going for him. I know it's not a sexy profile and people gravitate towards less exposed horses, but he's got course form, which I think is very important on his debut. Um, he's unlucky in the, he was slightly unfortunate in the Woodcock. Uh, he was beaten under three lengths in the Coventry, obviously bumped into a smashed up monster in the superlative stakes, brings the best form into the race, brings the best time figures into the race, Parton for me. And um, yeah, uh, you'll get bigger than five to two. Um, but I, like I say, if you, I think if you can get seven to two plus on the exchange, I think he's a very fair bet in a pretty woeful group two going into the race. I mean, I've never seen a vintage stakes this poor going into it. I mean, they're rated in the low hundreds, the top the top rated horses. But yeah, Hartman for me. Yeah, Mountain Bears tried a couple of times over in the UK. Dan, he's been or well, last run anyway, he's been disappointing. And they're they're persevering with him again, uh, bring them over to Goodwood. Uh, what way are you framing this race, Dan? I think a bit of both what the lads are saying. I think of the two that the sports book have made joint favourites. You go with the solid form of Hartem. If there is a doubt in him, it's the fact he's walked out of the stalls on two of his five starts. He's been better than the last, the last twice, but you don't want to be doing that around here when you're drawn towards the inside as he is in for. And yeah, I thought th there are two horses that have got place form at group level. That definitely contextualises what Tony says about it being a below par race. One of them is Hartem, the other is Golden Mind. And he's really solid, I thought. And Kev's right, fell in. The second time, because he still looked clueless. I was at Hamilton the day he was all over the track there and took time to get going. But he's taken big steps every time. And as Kev's alluding to, the Chesham is the poor relation of the two-year-old races. But it's still Royal Ascot group form, giving him time since, strengthen up all the more, you'd hope. Yeah, with Frankie, a pretty eye-catching booking as well. Cool, Okay. Um, so Kevin and Dan both Golden Mind and TC Hatem. It's a fascinating race just at the head of the market, just to see how Hatem gets on if he can frank that city of Troy form. On to the third race at four o'clock. It's the Lennox, the group two for the older horses over seven furlongs. Kin Ross, who won this in 2021, is top rated. Um, he's currently your favorite at 13 to 8 from 2 to 1. He was 2 to 1 when we first went up at the race just a couple of hours ago. 7 to 2 Alsa Hill. Isaac Shelby, who'll be getting up to six pounds and more of um, some of his rivals here, the three-year-old allowance is four to one. And it's eight to one. Pogo Marban, who won the vintage stakes on this card last year, is a 10 to one chance. Uh, TC, I'll come to you here. Um, any strong opinion around uh, Kinross? Are, are you yeah. against them? Um, no. Um, as everyone knows, I don't really back short prices because like, I'm a terrible judge of a, of a short price. But when the sportsman went up two to one, um, early on Sunday afternoon, I must say I was tempted because I wouldn't lay the horse at the lowest price in the market at six to four, to be honest with you. But um, I resisted, but I think it's by far the most likely winner. And to be honest with you, I don't think six to four is a bad price because like I said, I wouldn't lay it myself. 
won the race in 2021, next second in the race last year, comes here on the back of an excellent uh, third in the July Cup. Uh, good ground or soft ground is, is, is fine for him, so the weather can do what it likes. Uh, it's got a, it's five four goers in here, so he's going to get an ideal pace up for a closer. I hope they'll keep. I think they'll keep it, keep it very very uh, obvious and go around the outside. Say out of trouble. Five pound in hand of this field uh, on official ratings. I think he'll just win, but it's just something about me and short prices that I can't back them and I can't tip them. But like I said, I wouldn't lay that horse at six to four if somebody asked me. That's that's the biggest vote of confidence you can give a short one. You wouldn't lay it at that. No, point. no, no. If someone offered me, that's fair I, enough. I, I just think, I just think, I just think it'll win. But just my record, my betting history at short prices suggests I should just keep my hands in my pockets. And we bothered by stall one. Yeah, I wonder if we're bothered by stall one and a horse who would probably be ridden a bit more patiently. You know, it can. We know what this place can be like when yeah. they all converge to us. I do take that, but I've got five potential forward goers here, so he's going to have plenty of time to drop in and come around them. Kev, one of those forward goers could be Isaac Shelby, yeah, presumably. Who, was, who was just touched off in the uh, French Guineas. Um, dropping back to seven furlongs here. What do you make of his chances? Yeah, he's interesting. Look, I was disappointed there weren't more forward with him in Ascot last time. I you know, I, I thought that was the way to go with him was to drive on and make use of him. They didn't. Um, and it ended up being quite messy for him. And um, the drop and trip is interesting. Look, he, he was really good at Newbury in the Greenham over the trip when he made the running that day. But um, it'll be interesting to see what they're thinking in terms of tactics um, here. Uh, look, I, look, reading the reading the pace, I didn't see as much pace as Tony. Um, I see, I know there's a bunch there that have made the running, but like hammering down at the terms of who, who's likely to really want to do it on this day, you know, in this set of circumstances. Like I, to be honest, I thought audience um, might get a handy enough sit in the end um, on the front end. Like he's the one that, that will really want to make the running. And I think there'll uh, plenty of the other candidates will be happy enough to follow. Um, and like he's been, the market's not giving him credit for what he's done, you know, particularly last time. Um, but he was much, much improved um, for, for seven furlongs making the running in the hood on his final start last season. He absolutely gagged in off a of mark of 99 and he's come back off a fair absence and he's hammered Jumbie and um, and good old Pogo last time. Um, and the, the market just doesn't seem to believe it. Um but I do. Um, look, the ground is this going to be a slight bit of an unknown if the rain does come, but he, he does lift his knee and pedigree wise, I, I think he'd be fine on it. And if you can get any sort of a less, the, if you're allowed set a pace that's a little bit slower than even around here, you can be very hard to tough back to, to, to pull back. And um, yeah, just, it's a double figure price for a horse that. Like put up, a, like a, I thought a genuinely very impressive performance last time at Newmarket. Um, I know there was a split in the field, and if you were being skeptical, you might say, "Well, he was favoured." But look, Aldari was over there with him, and you know he couldn't get near audience. Um, and he, I, and I have great regard for him. So yeah, I, I thought you know, he made plenty of appeal to me. Now I can see the case with Kinross. Now obviously class angle, but I think audience is is marching forward, and he might just tactically be in the right spot. Okay, eleven to one audience, three places. Uh, obviously, on the sportsbook there as well. Uh, Dan, you give me any encouragement for Isaac Shelby? No, 
Uh, yeah, I can, but I don't think, as Ascot showed, I don't think they view him as a one-dimensional front runner. Whereas the evidence at the minute suggests the audience is, and then you've got Pogo, who's drawn out in eight, so he's going to have to do a bit more work to get across. Indeed, if they're riding positively, because we've we spent the first half of the year, didn't we, scratching our heads as to why he was being dropped out? I think they're actually certain to ride him positively. I mean, he was yeah. he was gone, he was ridden from the front in this race last year, and he only got beaten half a length. Mm. Uh, I think he's the most obvious angle. Yeah, but they've, t- they've totally given up on him for some reason. Like, no, no, he, like like last time they tried to make the running because they were split across the track. Pogo actually did make the running on his side and the audience was 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 over the other side. So I think they've seen the error of their ways. They'll try to get to the front from eight because, like I said, the race, the, the form of the race last year, there would be. I mean, indestructible, Holguin, uh, Isaac Shelby have, have obviously kind of like made the running in the past, but Pogo would be my idea of the forward goer, but yeah. We don't know. Have you tipping it down? Uh, yeah, I, I think the most overpriced in on the basis that if there is a pace collapse, is Jumbi at 14s each way. We know he's not a top class seven furlong course, but he is one of those specialists who we often refer to, and he just runs his race every time. And the stronger the pace, the better for him. Okay, Jumbi for Dan in the uh in the Lennox on to the 435, the final race on ITV. It's a two mile Al Shikab. Goodwood Cup, Courage Monami, who really announced himself uh, on the staying scene when winning the Ascot Gold Cup, is two to one, eleven to four. Coltrane, Emily Dickinson, nine to two, eight. Elder Alderoff, and it's ten. Bar TC. I'll start with you here, um, Ryan. Emily Dickinson. You know what had he got to say about her, and is the favourite opposable at the head of the market at two to one? I think so. I think this is an incredibly deep race. Um, and also a race where there's not a standout. I mean, the top rated are the, uh, the Gold Cup winner and Broome on 118. So the standard is not that great. And we know Emily Dickinson is a Group 1 filly or bordering on a Group 1 filly where she gets her ground. And so he, he's just, unlike with, you know, unlike with his dad's horse, he's hoping the rain arrives for this horse. He said the softer it gets, the more bullish you'll get. Um, so yeah, uh, she could be a big shortener if they get more rain than expected over the next 48 hours. Um, I just thought it was a really deep race. Uh, I think if you're gonna bet each way, I don't think it's I don't think it's a good each way betting race because it's so deep. Um I was hoping for 40 to one Tashkan where before the markets reformed, and but the sportsbook had top price 33s about that horse, and I'm gonna take a chance there. Um obviously he hasn't got anywhere near the form it showed when chasing home uh, True Shan at Ascot in 2021 with Stradivarius well beaten in third. But I've been liking his runs this season. And two miles with a bit of dig is his optimum. And I thought he ran well against Hamish last time, considering they tried to race him on the far side on his own and it probably didn't work. Uh, he had to come, to, he had to gravitate towards the two in the middle to actually fight it out. He wasn't beaten far. So I thought in a race where you can make a case for so many, and I'll be against the the, the market leaders uh, just because I think they're too short in a, in a race is deep. So I'm going to take a fly out, win only on Tashkan at 30 of you, the sports at win only. I imagine you might get bigger on the exchange given the profile, but I think 33 to 1 is is very fair. Tashkan for me. Tashkan, he's a gas horse. I feel like he's been around for ages. He's only a five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mad, isn't it? Yeah, I, 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 um, yeah, he was like he was only a three-year-old when he was when he was locking horns with um, True Shan and Stradivarius and Hamish at uh, when yeah. he was second to Ascot in that in October in those uh, Group Two champions uh, 
race. Talking uh, about Stradivarius, Kev, courage, mon ami, for the Gostons. Like, I don't know if Kipros was around, how he would have, uh, would he have booted this guy out of the way, but he's only had four dances. He's an unblemished mm -hmm. uh, card as well. Like, he's he's won all four of his races. He, he seems a horse, obviously, with an awful lot of potential in this division. Yeah, and look, I found this race a bit tricky, Baron. Like I, I was, I was kind of started from the outsiders, working my way in. And um, she look if the rain comes, Emily Dickinson would have to come into it, even even though I'm not sure she was loving the track around there last year. Like, gee, she was very, I know, on quicker ground, albeit, but gee, she was very lost early before coming coming home well. And she look, you can you can pick and poke at a few others. I really like Gia Valletto, but God, I, I, I'm really surprised they're they're coming to this track with him. Um, like, like particularly like outlier with regard to like stride length, and I just, I just thought this was a funny place to come with him. Um, and Elder Elderoff, like clearly, is very good, but geez, he's hard to work out. He throws in some stinkers for no apparent reason. Um, I know you're getting compensation in the price there, but you'd be braver than me. And you know, I, I worked my way down through, and I just ended up back with courage, man, and me. And you look at that Gold Cup run. And you're like, nothing's got into that race. I'm off the pace, bar him. And he's coming run down some like really well-established um, high-class stairs with a bit to spare at the line. Um, you look at his action, you think, yeah, like a bit of a knees in the ground surely isn't going to be an issue there. Um, you know, he's operated around the track, even though he still showed some signs of, of inexperience when he won that handicap there prior to Ascot at Goodwood. Um, and I just think you could talk yourself around in circles here, but you look at the the relative prices of Courage Monami and Coltrane, and you say, right, who's better value at those prices? And with all the what would you'd hope would be further progression from Courage Monami, the fact that Coltrane, I know he bumped into like you know the, the three best stairs around in their pomp in this race last year, but um, yeah, I, I can't help but come around to this kind of simple conclusion that Courage Monami to confirm that form and um, perhaps extend his superiority is the is the way to lean at the prices. Yeah, it'd be an interesting one. I I I, I don't know whether they'd want much rain for him. If they got that rain, you know, all his, obviously he's only had the four runs, but uh, um, I'm not sure that he'd want uh, an extreme in ground. Dan, how are you framing the race? Yeah, good race of favourite backers. Just saying that for Tony's benefit. I obviously don't think there's anything in it. <laughs> How do you know what's going to get favourite yeah. though? Yeah, just because I glanced down, I noticed that the last five jollies had won it. Uh, three, <laughs> of the, three of those being Stradivarius, of course. Just, just um, go on name five, Dan. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, Don't I, be I think, planting any seeds in his head about something like that. Please. Something complex. Well, it's funny. Like TC mentioned about not wanting to lay Courage Mon um, lay Kim Ross at a certain price, and yeah, I definitely wouldn't want to lay Courage Mon me at twos when you consider that he is. Through four starts, he's an Ascot Gold Cup winner. I mean, there is a chance that he's just outstanding. And we know that basically 95% of this field aren't um, in comparison. But Kev mentioned you've got to be brave, forgiving, whatever the whatever the description. I wonder if there is an overreaction to Elder Alderov, though. Um, it was a mixed week at best for Varian after I was bigging it up as a potentially big one. And... He was definitely one of the no-shows. What a poor performance it was. But he probably should have won that Yorkshire Cup the time before. He just got going a bit too late. He's run on softest ground twice. One of those was winning Ledger, which was his most impressive performance so far. He's still lowish mileage. You do have to be forgiving and charitable. But 
in this instance, I will be so eight to one him. Uh, it's it's very cowardly, but I might even save on the jolly just oh. for that five stat. Windy Barber to the rescue. Yeah. Yeah, TC, I remember the ledger actually, Elder Alderoff won. You were on Giovaletto, weren't you? You put it up on I, the show. Yeah, I, I backed him each way, and uh, that's where I that's what I called Callan a cowboy. He was the start of your love, your love, love relationship. <laughs> it's, very, it's very funny because when I was on the um, when I was on the piss with all the ex racing post boys, I went and sought him out um, in the because he was riding. Sorted him out. Sorted him out. No, 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 no. no. He's, quite, big, he's got big arms on him, isn't he? Yeah. I wonder why they call him the gypsy with arms like them. He's probably fighting. <laughs> anyway, so I went and saw him out, and he was at, and I Graham Gentry was there as well. So I went over and I chatted to him about obviously taking the piss and stuff like that. He couldn't have been any nicer and straightforward. He's a like he's a real straight shooter, and obviously like he's on Twitter and stuff like lovely bloke, lovely bloke. Well, that's good to hear. That's good to hear because they say never meet your idols, don't they? So. <laughs> Okay, tax champ for uh, TC, courage mon me for Kevin and Dan, a little saver on it. And Dan's main tip in the race is Elder Alderoff. The fifth and final race we're going to talk about, it's obviously the start of the Galway Festival tomorrow being Monday. The 640 over two mile one is the Connick Hotel. Amateurs handicap teed up for Emmett Mullins is your favourite, a five to two. Lots of joy for Patrick and Willie is a five to one second favourite. Scaramanga for uh, Jane, uh, Jody Townsend is an eight to one chance from 16. That's been the Springer this morning. Dartan in there at nine, 10. Bar TC, have you a betting opinion here? Yeah, I've had two bets on this race. Uh, I backed Whiskey Sour at any 40s, 33s, and 20 outs I could get this morning. Um, that's the 40s was with the sports book. Um, obviously, won the race in the past. Um, was is considerably low. I think nine pound lower than eighth in the race last year when it went all the way around the outside. Um, yeah, I thought off that kind of mark is, is quite interesting. I did text somebody this morning and say, What can you tell me about Maxine O'Sullivan? And they gave me chapter and verse about her, including she goes out with Emmett. So uh, hopefully that's Mullins and not Kennedy. So, uh, <laughs> so um, it is. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but um, but yeah, I mean, that, um, so that uh, her recent record suggests not that clever. She's one of Fox Hunters as well, apparently. So he's, he's yeah, yeah. worried about that. But yeah, I think Whiskey Sour uh, is very interesting off that lowly mark. And the other one is forget me. I uh, back line up at um, 18s and 16s. Line, line out. Line out. Sorry. Um, won the Irish uh, Cesarich a couple of years ago in first time cheap pieces. Was off uh, for a while until Curra earlier on this month. Uh, I thought shaped really, really well. Uh, wasn't given that hard a race. Uh, they come here. It was fourth in a handicap hurdle here last year. And also, crucially, they put the headgear back on that he wore when winning that valuable handicap a couple of years ago. So those are my two against the field. Whiskey Sour yeah. and Line Out. Line Out sure to attract plenty of attention off the back of John Gleason riding him. Obviously, he's a very, very good amateur uh mr gleason dan have you an opinion on it absolutely impossible i'll cheer to <laughs> i'll cheer tony's pair on. even even the ones i know from jumping i couldn't be 100 percent sure how they'll adapt hms seahorse has already done it hasn't he to some extent he's got flat form he's a classy operator but it's going to be absolute chaos as it always is i should mention the ground i mean it's currently soft there uh, I wouldn't want it to get that much deeper for the two I backed. And I think they've got four mil coming on uh, Monday. 
uh, and maybe a bit more tonight. So I wouldn't want the ground to get much worse than the current socks. They get when that when those showers yeah. run off the Atlantic into Galway, Janie, they can get any amount of rain there. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be worried. I know that much. I I'd be worried this would be heavy now. Um, yeah. by the time we by the time we get there, um, plenty the potential for plenty tonight. Now, like you say, it's yeah. I, I I'd be I I was kind of looking at this through the prism of heavy, to be honest. Um, and look, this is really hard. Look, it's amateur riders. Um, like there's nothing like Irish trainers teeing horses up for big handicaps at Galway. And uh, like you can pick, you can pinpoint a whole host of these who you just know have been working backwards from this for you know a, a year in some cases. And um, you know, it's always in this race, you always see um, you know, horses coming back, having run it last year, and you look back at last year's renewal, and there's a bunch. And there's a fair few you can make a case for too, because like run of the race is absolutely essential here. Like you can have a torrid time and uh, with between wide spins and traffic problems. And um the one I, I just about came down on is, is one of those that ran the last year. Um May's runner. He was second to Echoes and Rain, who looked was just, just really well in off 87. And May's runner was down the pecking order of Willie's that year, um, ridden by, you know, an inexperienced amateur and, you know, came from like it wasn't a completely dissimilar position from the eventual winner, um, a bit further back and a bit wider. Um, but like a, a fair old difference now between Patrick Mullins and and um, and the chap that rode May's runner. And you, you could really see it late on. And like he's, he's galloped to the line, you know, he came from stall 22. Um, I thought it was a lovely run. Um, look, I know it's been only bits and pieces of form since, but on the comeback from the break last time, I thought it was um, a real, um, you know, cobweb blower sort of a job. And look, a few pounds higher than last year, but nothing too hectic. And while I know Patrick has gone for a lot of joy, who was fourth in last year's race, um, and what was the first run for Willie, um, I just I found myself drawn to Maze Runner at the price. Um, given the like the ground draw hasn't been brilliant, um, 14, but better than last year. And Charlie Monas takes over, who's um who's doing really well and um, riding plenty of winners. Um so yeah, Maze Runner was was interesting, but um yeah, this is this is brutally tough now. Just very quickly, oh, Baz, I did I, I just very quickly, I did do some stats here because someone told me this morning you've got to be drawn low for this race. So I looked, and the actual winning draws in the last five years have been 21, 13, 15, 13, and 13. And last year, the first five home were drawn 21, 22, 11, 23, 13. So it, the recent history suggests drawn high is not a problem. Well-drawn amateurs overdoing it, probably. My, my it? two are drawn 22 and 23, so they're going to be, well, they're going to be 19 and 20. Whose son is Charlie? Um, Tom's, I'm pretty sure. Okay. If you, I think where Charlie, you might remember Charlie from if, um, if, if you're only an occasional viewer, is when David Mullins rode the Grand National winner. You can see it, you can see his little brother knocking around in the winner's enclosure with a big shock of blonde hair. Okay. Um, I'm pretty certain, I'm pretty certain that was a young Charlie Mullins, <laughs> right? Okay, and it runs in Jackie Mullins's color, so that would be. A, a nice win for Willie for a tricky owner, I'm sure, or maybe not too, too tricky. <laughs> on to the 6.40 on Tuesday. That's, that, the 6.40 on Tuesday is the last race we're going to talk about. Sorry. It's the Colin Quinn BMW Mile. Um, the distance of the race is in the title. Dan, I'll start with you here. It's four to field. Blue Emperor is four to one. Soaring Monarch, 13 to two. Seven, Salt Lake City. Jamie Heffernan for Aiden O'Brien there. You've Rami Casanova. 
I, I, Aidan McGuinness, Aidan McGuinness has a whole heap of horses in here. Well, Salton Stall was one that uh, the sportsbook guys reported that they'd seen a bit of each way cash for 14 to 1 from 25 to 1. A very, very difficult way, race. Watch out for additional places on the sportsbook. But Dan, what do you make of this? Well, firstly, Conquim, tremendous dealer of BMWs. And I say this as a person who's car packed in the other week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he must Sorry, you can get one of those in an Amazon package. Every it. jockey and trainer in Ireland, every yeah. time you pull into a car park at a race meeting, it's BMW and Colin Quinn, sponsored yeah, by. Yeah, absolutely. I see at Gardens up at Perth. Um, tremendous. What a bloke. Although, be it, this race should probably be sponsored by Ado McGuinness instead, shouldn't it? Because yeah. he's. Um, I don't know if you're a big fan of trainer farming races, but he's had one, one, two in the last three years. Uh, Salton Star <laughs> was one of those winners. Casanova was runner up last year. He's bound to be eyeballs out to win it. The Jolly's got a perfect draw, hasn't he? Really, Blues Emperor. He probably is on his way to pattern class. He's drawn low. They can probably be quite aggressive on him, kick for home. We know how the races work out here, but I know this isn't Salton Star's race. It's the one later in the week that he's won for the last three years. But he's often acquitted himself with some credit. Maybe it's an element of a tune-up. But I just think Ado McGuinness, I always call him Ado. I've never met him, Adrian. Um, he's so all guns blazing for this race that the likes of him and Casanova may just about more appeal than the jolly at the uh, at the current time, Baz. Okay, fair enough. Uh, TC? Yeah, in Ado sure McGuinness, we trust. Um He's actually form figures in the race are one 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 two in the last four years because um, I think Silverstall, um is it this race? Yeah, I think he's won it three the last four years. And last year he had the second, fourth, he fifth, won it, yeah. eight, eleventh, from. No, there's no way he should be effective around here, is there? Yeah, it's like, um, but like I, I've actually backed two of his. Uh, Casanova last year's runner-up, but my main bet, even though I'm think it's slightly better. Uh, a shorter trip, but he has got obviously got form in the straight from fourth last year. His current option, um, like his draw in five, um, not much place in the race. I expect the favorite Blues Emperor might go forward from three, but yeah, he's um, he's got a lot. He was he was two pound higher in fourth last year. Um, yeah, he was rated 106, I think, after winning uh, at this. Uh, this race and finishing a good third at Leopardstown afterwards. He's now down to 95. Uh, and he just ran a massive eye catcher at the Curra last time. Got no kind of run. I'm not saying he wasn't off, but if he had got a clear run the way he finished off his race, he, he might have gone, he might have finished placed at the very least. So if that was a tee up job for this, I think current option is uh, 12 to run with the sports. So I thought that was very fair. There is some uh, bigger knocking around, uh, to be honest, but. I thought 12s as a starting point was very fair. And I backed, yeah, I backed him and Casanova. So hopefully Ada McGuinness's form in the race continues. It sounds like, yeah, we need to get a market up. Will Ada McGuinness win mm -hmm. Colin BMW Mile? I'd say that would trade nicely. Uh, Kev, no Joseph representation here. Um, oh, look closer. Look oh, closer. I've missed one. <laughs> Number six. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, Ado obviously has whatever he has, six or seven in it. And look, it wouldn't be unusual in one of these big Galway handicaps for, for Ado to send one of his um, as a pacemaker. And we've seen that a few times over the years. So I'm kind of hoping that happens. Um, it would be fair for everyone. And Galway becomes a little bit more straightforward when they if they go hard in front because um, it just spaces things out a little bit and leads to a little bit less traffic on the, the home bend. So I'm hoping they do that. 
Um, but look, they'll, they'll figure it out amongst themselves. They're going to have an awful lot of um, control with, with such a high proportion of the field. But um, yeah, Joseph has time to the soul. He, um, she's the outsider of the whole lot bar. I think she's 33 in a place there. Um, and I, I just would, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I really wouldn't be surprised. Um, look back to, she came from David O'Mara, um, for whom she got listed placed in France. And I thought she ran a remarkable race, first run at Cork this year. Um, got just got like a lot of Joseph's fillies in particular were, were, were getting were just quite strong on the first run back and needed the run. Um, like is in quite free going and like like she took off with Hugh Horgan, um, and she was clear and like I don't think she was actually going mental if you look at the sectional times, but watching the race, you give her no chance of keeping it up. Um, and she's faded close home, finished fourth, but the form of the race has worked out really well. And like Mashur, as it turns out, was an absolute certainty off 96. Um, he's won in Group 3 company since, and the second has won since, and the third has, um, has you know, brought her rating up in stakes company. She ran very well in the Group 3 the other day, um, and she was only beaten a length and a quarter. And look, I know Joseph's view with her is that she wants soft ground. It's just it hasn't been available to her up until now, it seems. Um, and I also would have a view that coming back to a stiff mile um, is going to play to her strengths as well. She'd just been a little bit weak late on um, the last twice, and she just faded late, late on over 10 on her comeback too. So um, the draw has been reasonably kind, and the harder the go in front of her, the better. And um, like I, I really do think, yeah, 30 trees is, is a big old price now. And I'm sure you'll get um, I'm sure you'll get plenty of extra places, etc. And you, you you'll have matter bets this year now. I didn't see her because she's right down the bottom, like you say. She was below the fold. She's a 33 to one chance complete outsider of the field. Yeah, and, 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 Connor, and Connor Stone Walsh takes the ride too, and he's one of the he's one of the better seven pound claimers around as well. So that's another Bruce. Could she bonus. go forward, Kev? Because she has gone forward in the past. Uh, she wouldn't be looking to make the run, and I'd say I'd say she'd be happy following them up. You know. A beaten favourite last time out in the Oaks, albeit the Ulster Oaks. <laughs> the Ulster Oaks, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She was she was disappointed now. Like she 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 was pr- disappointed there. She followed the leader. She was just weak late on, and um, I think it just hammered home the the previous thought that she might be worth trying at um, right. at a shorter trip, and and, and this race sort of jumped out. So, um, will will Joseph have many in Galway? Has he anything in Goodwood either? Or we get Yeah, he, he wouldn't he wouldn't look, he wouldn't have as many jumpers, obviously, uh, as he would have in the past, but anything that's on the go has been aimed there jump-wise and flat-wise, he should have um, a nice steady stream. Um handful is all at Goodwood. It's never a meeting that he that he heavily targets, but he will have a handful. Um and Josh, look, hopefully Galway will be steady away and, and throw up a few winners. Yeah, we'll get to them when we chat about um Goodwood and Galway throughout the week. Lads, all that remains is just the naps from you, please. TC, start with um, you now. I backed seven of the horses that I've put up here, but okay. I'm gonna my nap's gonna be one I'm too cowardly to back. Um Kim uh, Ross. Kim Ross. <laughs> okay. Kim Ross is my nap. I, I do think it went, and like I said, if I was a braver punter, I'd be taking the six and seven to four. But uh, okay. my my um yeah, that would be my compensation, a winning nap on okay, the Dan. Podcast. I just wanted to point out what a reputable car dealer Kong Quinn is. I mean, <laughs> great guy. Um, yeah. What's, what's no, your price range, Dad? Um, Free. Depends how, it depends how Goodwood goes. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to start 
with some each way thievery and it'll be a Lord Protector. And genuinely, I wouldn't put anybody off risking that he goes off nine to two, four to one, and even putting him in a, a better SP because I think he might go off bigger than the fives. So win and place Lord Protector or each way. That's dirty, isn't it? Sorry. You're nasty, nasty man. And you put up Biggles yesterday <laughs> in the big handicap and Ascot. They got ragged as well. You haven't got good recent form with these favourites in big field handicaps. Anyway, yeah. Just- so you could, you could rearrange that sentence after the word form. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell the listeners either what you said about Stone Walsh. Yeah, uh, yeah I wonder if he was named uh, after what the punters wanted to do after Annie Powerfield, the last one gets in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kev, what, what's your nap for the opening? Yeah, day? yeah. Look, look, if 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 Dan wants a new motor, he should just put a few quid on Titanus Soul, a 33 to 1, and nap her winning place. Wow, right, okay. So one of Joseph's timeless soul in the Colin the Colin Quinn mile on oh, Tuesday. Colin. New beamers for everyone if she wins. Happy <laughs> days, happy days. Okay, so that'll be a nice winner for you as well, Kev. 33 to 1. Uh, all remains is to remind everyone bet five on horse racing multiples every day at Goodwood and Galway. You get a free five pound bet on horse racing multiples. Don't forget to opt in for that. Very important. And um, we're back every day of this week with podcasts so this is for tuesday we'll be back wednesday thursday friday and saturday throughout the week recording early in the morning every day so looking forward to that guys thanks very much gamble responsibly and vanessa will be back in the hot seat next time around 